Welcome to The Faith Retriever, fetching the good news for your family, a show that deepens our relationship with Jesus Christ by connecting listeners with the local church. Now, here's Deacon Eric Page. Hello, this is Deacon Eric Page, and welcome to The Faith Retriever. Today, we're blessed to visit with Deacon Dwayne Shireman about strategic alignment and faith at work. This is part of a series on faith in the workplace. Organizations want their employees to align with their mission. How do we, as employees, go about doing that? And how do we deal with situations where our organization might be promoting something that doesn't align with our faith? Deacon Dwayne Shireman serves as permanent deacon at Our Lady of Hope Parish and School in Everett, Washington. In addition, he has served at Immaculate Conception and Our Lady of Perpetual Help Parishes and School as the pastoral coordinator, as well as serving as field staff for the Archdiocese of Seattle, too. Prior to this, Deacon Duane served in a number of HR positions, including Director of Human Resources at Boeing for 31 years in his career. His experience is very helpful for us in understanding more about how we practice our faith and put that into play at work. Deacon Duane, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. So, Deacon Dwayne, with your experience at the Boeing Company, I imagine you had plenty of exposure to the idea of mission. What are companies trying to accomplish when they talk about mission? Yeah, that's a, a really uh, wide variation in what companies are looking for. But typically, you know, they're wanting to uh, make sure that the viability of their company survives into the future. And a lot of that has to do with uh, attaining customers and uh, hitting uh, profitability targets. But um, when you talk specifically about mission and how it feels to the employees within the company, really what they're trying to get to is to have the opportunity to have all their employees pulling in the same direction so that the, the overall goals of the corporation can be achieved. And again, a lot of times that, that is around financial performance or scheduled performance, but it can also be you know, trying to change the culture of their company in order to be more successful. So I imagine it makes sense for us if we're working in a company to have a sense of what that direction is. It makes sense to be part of that and to be on in alignment with it. Absolutely. And so when we're thinking about this, you know, how do it, does a company usually go about measuring whether or not their employees are aligned with the mission? Well, usually the mission blows down into goals and objectives and and at some point in time it gets to a measurable number. Right. Could be, you know, customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction, et cetera, a long, long list of uh, potential items that they'll look at. Um, what I found most often is companies will survey, you know, yeah. survey employees, survey their customer base to see um, if they're if they're on target. Again, there's also you know how it gets communicated down into the organization and how it attaches to other things like compensation is also another way and performance management plans and goals right. and objectives for individuals. Yeah, so there's different ways the company's measuring our performance and it makes sense for us to try to see if we can hit those targets. And uh, if we're a manager though, if we're a leader in the company or even if we just want to be, what are some of the best techniques for us to try to help lead our employees to align with a new mission. You know, sometimes a company has a mission and then it changes and we're expected to align with it. What kinds of things are we expected to do to make that happen? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge for the managers, because uh, typically, you know, it, it, the, the mission comes down from on high depending on the organization size. 
uh, obviously with Boeing Company, you know, very large organization, uh, a lot of times we didn't have a lot of say in the, uh, the final wording of the mission, right? right. Um, but we were expected as managers then to be able to communicate it clearly to our employees, uh, to show them why it's important for the company. But I think even more so on why it's important to, they, to them themselves, to the employees, right? So that's where you, know, you, you can tie it into the performance management expectations that you have as a manager for your employees. Uh, it can tie it into the compensation plan. Uh, but the, the key element to be successful in any of that is to help them make an emotional connection mm-hmm. with the mission, right? Yeah. So, you know, in, increasing the return on investment by 12% is, is interesting, but I don't, you know, get uh, butterflies when I hear that. <laughs> um, and the, the best example that I can, I can think of is when I did work at the Boeing company. And it was a mission uh, that ultimately did not get accepted as the mission for the company, but I always think it's the best example I've ever seen. And what came down from our CEO for our particular business was, he says, what we should all be about at the Boeing Company is connecting and protecting. That's it, three words, right? Yeah. Very simple, right? And the connection side being on the commercial side where we bring people together, the protection side being on the military side where we build products that are kind of scary and, and that have big destructive ability, but uh, also has the ability to deter um, aggression. So I think, you know, being able to, um, to get people to connect with it and then get people to understand what is it that I can do mm-hmm. in that, right? What is my, my contribution? And, and it may not be exactly one of the words in the mission, right? Mm-hmm. But it supports it, right? So yeah. how, how do I play my role in helping the company achieve this, this mission um, in a way that will help us all be more successful? Right. You know, it, it's helpful to hear that. And even if a company doesn't officially adopt something as a mission statement, it can still be helpful in rallying people to have a sense of like, this is what we're about. This is what we're coming to work to accomplish, and this is how we can see the target. Any guidance for us, if we're an employee in an organization and there's a shift in the mission or something that's been new that's been identified, that we can send a signal to our supervisor, to the organization just in general, that we get it, we're on board with the mission and that you know we're there to help and support. Yeah, I, I think uh, so much of that is, again, kind of dependent on your own organization and your manager, right? Because uh, I've worked with managers that, you know, they, they waved the flag of the mission statement, and then you never saw it again, right? right. <laughs> and what they were interested in was, was supporting the mission, right? But, yeah. it, but they, ne- they failed to uh, continually make the connection between yeah. the two, right? Uh, and in bigger organizations, again, that's, that's fairly common, I think. But, but I think by being able to, um, when you sit down and talk about what are my objectives on my job for this year or this quarter or this month, to be able to have that conversation with your manager and, and clearly articulate where it connects to the mission yeah. and say, you know, this is how I'm hoping, you know, right? because some of us might be in jobs too that are very repetitive, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's the same in day in, day out, right? But you can still connect to the mission in, in yeah. a lot of cases on how well you can do that, how efficiently you can do that, um, how you approach your internal customers, yeah. you know, uh, all makes makes life better, right? Yeah. And, and making life better makes the company more successful, really, if your workplace is, 
is positive and is and is um, valuing relationships with each other. Um, all of that makes a company a great place to work, right. and good people want to work there, and that company is successful. So it supports the mission. Yeah, and it helps us if we are able to understand the mission of the company. It helps us see our job as something that engages with kind of building up God's vision for creation, you know, helping make the world a place that more reflects the divine vision. And we're probably not going to say that at work, but being able to understand what does this company exist for? It helps us, you know, have a sense that our work has meaning, which I think is really important for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I found that over, at least in my experience, you know, over and over, whether it be in the church environment or in uh, the business world, uh, people want to be connected with what they hold dear. Um, yeah. and, and if we, regardless of the environment they're in. So, you know, for me at work, it was always important for me to know that um, I was working in a way that was in alignment with God's will, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that all typically starts with relationships and right. loving our brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. We're all created by God. And, in his, and we are in his image. So, you know, I, I think being able to work in an environment where you feel that way is just, you know, the ultimate. Yeah. Uh, when there's congruence between your belief system and what you're doing at work, that's that's happiness. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing <laughs> so, when that happens. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's, it, I think it also helps build our relationship both with the people who supervise us and the people that we supervise because it certainly helps them to see that we see the meaning in the work because if... We don't seem to have a connection to the mission of the organization. If we don't see the meaning, it's tough to follow our direction as a supervisor. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now that we've explored a little bit kind of, you know, why this kind of strategic alignment is really helpful, a couple of questions about challenges. Um, One of the questions I've got is, what do we do in one of those situations where there's a practical problem? with implementing a new mission. For example, let's say our company wants to shift from retail sales in store to online sales. But customers, they're frustrated with the lack of inventory at our stores. I mean, I know I've run into that before. You go all the way into the store, you wanna buy the product, you're there and they just don't have it there. You have to go online again. Um, How do we offer feedback in our organization where if that's kind of a change in strategy they're looking at doing, but it seems like, it, you know, it's not a great idea, and we don't want to look like we're a complainer that we're not on board with the strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, the biggest mistake we make is we speak before we before we actually have thought through things, right? Yeah. So uh, I think it kind of starts with when you're looking at who you're going to be talking to about, you know, critiquing or giving feedback about a particular problem in the workplace is you have to kind of sit back and look at it from their perspective, okay? Yeah. So what what is going on in the company right now? What's going on in this person's work life at this point in time? Uh, you need to pick and choose when you bring those issues forward. And uh, again, I, I think that one, one phrase that was used a lot in my workplace by one particular person I worked for was, you know, I, I'm sick and tired of people who want to admire the problem, right? <laughs> so it's, it's that whole idea that I'm going to come in and complain about what's wrong, right? But I don't have any suggestions, yeah. right? I got nothing but a bad attitude, right? And so I think that that's just a very important thing in life in general, even in family life, right? Yeah. In relationships, but it's you know, if you got a problem, great, bring it forward. 
but it's really, really helpful for me if, if you can bring some thoughts to that, right? Yeah. Help me solve this problem. Don't just tell me what the problem is and, and then walk away. So right. Th that to me has been something that I've really, I really took to heart. Um, you know, don't admire the problem. Yeah. You know, I love we it. got a lot of people that do that. You know? So <laughs> help us solve it, you know? That's excellent advice. Uh, we're here with the Faith Retriever and Deacon Wayne Charman talking about strategic alignment and faith at work. And we'll be back in our next segment to discuss more. You're listening to Faith Retriever with Deacon Eric Page. We'll get back to the conversation right after this short break. Holy Spirit, gift of the Father, Spirit of light and love, open our hearts and minds and give us your inspiration and truth. Inflame our hearts with love of God and love of neighbor. May our lives reflect the life and virtues of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. To him, with the Father and you, divine Holy Spirit, be honor and glory forever. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the masses set throughout the world today, for all the holy soul in purgatory. Amen. Faith Retriever is back with Deacon Eric Page and his special guest. Sit, listen. We're here with Deacon Dwayne Shireman talking about strategic alignment and faith at work. And Deacon Dwayne, in our last segment, you laid the groundwork of explaining why it's important for us to understand the mission of a company and how that helps us align better with both those who supervise us and those that we supervise. And you gave some great advice, I think, about not just admiring problems. If we see a new mission or a new direction and the company is taking us a direction that's not so helpful, we want to try to be solution-oriented rather than problem-oriented. Mm -hmm. Any guidance in terms of how you might phrase a suggestion to your, your boss if, you know, we go back to this inventory question where you don't have, don't have the inventory in, the company customers keep coming in and asking for this particular product and it's not there and it's tough to kind of move to this new, you know, web-based sales model. Any suggestions for kind of how you phrase something, how you kind of bring something to a supervisor as a solution-oriented approach? Yeah. Um, you got to be able to speak the language of the business um, that you're in. And in many cases, it's around financial impacts. And so, you know, where I've seen strategies that have gone astray and, but have been very popular with the senior management uh, and had to bring those issues forward, being able to put them in the terms of financial impacts mm -hmm. were really important. So, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, I, I, we think the strategy isn't working because there aren't enough parts. Yeah. Uh, but say, and when there aren't enough parts, what that means is we have to expedite parts from the supplier and that costs us another 10%. You know, and so what we're actually doing is we're working against the strategy. Um, maybe we need to find a way of alleviating that particular problem yeah. of extra ten percent, or maybe we need to kind of adjust the strategy. And I and I think having a having a mindset that says I think I know the answer is is not the best mindset. I think that I might have a solution. Uh, that then when I get with some more people and we talk about this, we, we'll probably have yeah. the real answer, right? Right. And uh, so I think the attitude of saying, 
I see this, and, right. and this is kind of the impact that I'm seeing that matters to you. Right. Um, I think that maybe if we did something different, and maybe it's in this direction, yeah. and maybe we could include somebody from marketing and somebody from sales and somebody from finance, and we get us together for a couple of weeks, and I think we could come up with a solution that might right. not not blow up the whole strategy, right? right? But maybe get us back on track in a way that's acceptable to the yeah. customers and to uh, in alignment with our mission. Right, so you look, look for something objective, like the financial yeah. challenges, so you can point to that. You're not just raising some arbitrary problem that has to do with more like, I, I don't like this. You're pointing to, hey, here's the impact that we're seeing, and then kind of work, work at identifying a strategy. Because a lot of times what we see is the stuff that impacts us. Yeah. And there's, there's a bigger ecosystem than just my job, right. right? And so we see what affects us and then we make that the problem, you know, yeah. that needs to be solved for. Well, right. well, there's a whole lot more here. So I think being able to speak the language of the business, uh, whatever that is that's important to the business, and then being able to say, I, I think maybe we could engage yeah. a broader group of people to solve this problem. Because whenever you come in and you say, I have the answer. Right. <laughs> uh, most bosses are going to go, <sighs> yeah, mm. uh, you're good, but maybe not that good. Right. You know, I mean, <laughs> right, a little you're not humility. Seeing the big picture. Yeah, yeah, a little humility is good. Yeah. Uh, and that stuff. Humility never hurts, right? No, no. <laughs> yeah. A similar kind of question, but one where, you know, it can be more challenging is, let's say there's a, problem that you're, you've identified, uh, an example might be um, Blockbuster. They came up with a strategy or fell into a strategy of getting a lot of profits from late fees. And some people brought this complaint to the company saying, hey, you know, it's, we're getting a lot of angry customers, it's costing us, you know, we're getting money through these late fees, but it's really alienating a lot of people. Ultimately, this this problem was a huge issue for Blockbuster and it led to them failing as a company. If you bring this to your manager and your leadership, you've identified the issue, it's objective, and they're not listening at your next level, any guidance for how you respond to that situation when they're just not, the company's just, or the people you interact with at the company just aren't getting the fact that this is a serious problem and it's not being addressed? Yeah, I think the Blockbuster example is really interesting because to me that's a, um, a typical example of a, com of a company that was focused on short-term profitability and, and yeah. wasn't looking after their long-term. So, you know, how you bring an issue like that forward is, you, is, is you've got to do some forward looks, right? Yeah. You have to, so, well, if we continue at this rate, at this point in time, this is where we're going to be. Is that yeah. okay? Is that where we want to be? Right. Um, so I think being able to um, think critically about how is that problem impacting, of course, is it a time issue, is it a financial issue, and how does that flow out over time and you'd be able to say, kind of look into the future Yeah, is all you can do there. Now, if you have a company that's only focused on short term, right, you're probably not going to be very successful no matter what you do in that situation, right? right? Yeah, um, And then you just need to, to, to step back and say, what can I do within my my sphere of influence right. you know, to, to make it as good as it can be here? Yeah. Um, because sometimes you can't. Right. You can't make a difference yeah. um, in the big picture because you're not in a position to do that. Right. And it's just one of the things we have to be yep. occasionally realistic about. And exactly. I mean, honestly, if you're in that situation, you you work at Blockbuster, you're trying to help Blockbuster, and Blockbuster 
is close to it, uh, maybe there's a startup like Netflix you might mm-hmm. work with. You might know, be a new place, yeah, <laughs> a new place to go that's more consistent with the value that you can bring. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So some you can't fix every problem. No. Yeah. Well, now to some more challenging issues for us as people of faith, because there's time to times that we might run into something where in our organization, our company's doing something that's just simply unethical. What kind of thing do we do for either in middle management or lower, you know, we don't, we're not at the executive table, but you know, what's the right thing to do in those situations? Yeah, and you know, bigger companies have institutions within their company that allow for people to bring issues forward, right? Yeah. Um, now some of those work well and some of them don't, right? right. <laughs> yeah. But but there there is a system, and and I think as people of faith, when it gets into these ethical issues, you know, we're really called to to react to many of those, right? In, yeah. in any way we can. Um, and so, um, depending on your position in the organization, depending on what what's available within the organization, there are ways to make people aware of that. Yeah. Um, and that's your obligation, right? Uh, make people aware of it. You can't always make sure that they act on what you mm-hmm. say, right? Yeah. You know, but but right. but I, I think our conscience needs to be clear that way. Um, I think people also need to be aware of what rights they have as employees, right? So I worked in HR for a long time. I know, I know the labor laws and and things, but most people don't. Yeah, um, there are protections for people, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, in certain situations, there's lots of whistleblower laws out there now too, for that. But you know, I, I think being aware of your obligation as a Christian, right? Your conscience has to be clear, right? Yeah. You you need to act on that, uh, but also you need to understand how you pr- can protect yourself in that situation. And you know, God forbid you're in a situation where you just have to leave a place. And, right. And I've I've known people that have said, I had to quit. Yeah, because I could not be part of this anymore. Right, and that's a tough. <laughs> that's it is. a tough one when it you is. have kids at home or wife, yeah. or, you know, spouses, and have obligations and financial obligations. Uh, boy, you know that's that's really difficult. Yeah, but you know, some people are faced with that, and I, and I've always been kind of amazed by the people that can. I'm glad I've never had to make that choice, but for the people that I do know that have had to make that choice, that's a huge, huge. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. But it's a, ultimately, you know, state of our soul is more important yeah. than, you know, than our pocketbook. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Easy to say. Again, right. I, I, haven't had right. to, I haven't had to do that. Yeah. Well, a different kind of but related situation is something where we work in an organization and our faith calls us to, you know, to a particular type of behavior. But the organization thinks that it's doing the right thing, and people think that it's an ethical choice, but they're saying things or asking us to say things that are contrary to our faith. Maybe we're in a workshop and a speaker is negatively characterizing the Catholic Church and saying that the Catholic Church is contributing to all kinds of harm in society, and we feel like the church is being attacked. Or we're in a situation where we're being asked to actively teach something that's contrary to the faith. You know, as we live in a very uh, diverse population here and there's a lot of different ways of life and there you know the teachings of our faith can sometimes be in conflict actually with the teachings of an organization we work with what are good ways to deal with these situations one we have to be prepared with the facts right and oftentimes we're not yeah Uh, and this this is uh you can't always predict right and you can't know everything um but what I like to, uh, when people attack the church, and I don't really have the answer 
Mm-hmm. I know there's an answer, but I don't have it on uh, right. It, you have to be kind of be aware of the situation you're in. Are you in a crowd? Are you with individuals? Are you what? What's the mindset of the people that are that are putting this out? Um, and um, you know, one of the things that I will often say to people is, you know, I don't know specifically about that situation, but I do know that um, there are people who sin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We actually we all do, right? Right. And the same is true of people in the church. Yeah, the church is holy, right? But all, all people aren't. And so I, then I say, well, I'll have to get back to you on that. But I, I know there's more to the story than yeah. maybe what I'm hearing here, and, and I'd like to be able to. Can we talk about that? And, and some people want to talk about it, and some people don't want to talk right. about it, right? People everywhere make mistakes because we're people, right? <laughs> we have free will, yeah. right? Gift from God. So um, that's how I kind of try to deal with that one, especially if I don't know the specifics. Uh, but to be humble. Yeah. And also, in all these situations, it's really um, looking at that other person. They are a child of God, right? Mm-hmm. God created them in his image. And um, there's a certain level of respect that everybody deserves, whether they give it to you or not. Yeah. <laughs> so take the high road, you know. Um, any Anything else only becomes a food fight, I mm-hmm. think. Um, in terms of, you know, being asked to present information that is not consistent with our Catholic faith. Um, I think that a lot of times in our world today, uh, we hear something and we immediately react to it in in kind of the most extreme way, right? So I think oftentimes we need to think clearly about what is the message that's being given here? Um, You know, I hear a lot of uh, people that I used to work with talk about some of the issues around the LGBTQ community and uh, things of that nature and managers that are asked to put on these sessions. Yeah. And, and I say, well, it, it starts with, you know, my, my friend Dan. I said, Dan, it starts with the fact that everybody is a child of God, right? Yeah. Uh, and we need to treat people that way. Um, it doesn't mean that we have to accept uh, the decisions that they make in their lives. Um, and we need to always be out uh, hopefully living our lives in a way that, yeah. that, that shows um, the love of God for other people. Um, but we also have to be prepared to speak the truth. Yeah. But, in a, but with love. We've heard that before, right? Right. It's hard to do. Yeah. Because we're emotionally charged on a lot of things. Right. We're emotionally invested. And uh, as people of God, we're really called to take that step back and start yeah. with child of God in front of me. Right. <laughs> right. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah. But they are. God created yeah. them, right? And um, how I react right now might affect some decision they make in the future yeah. to come to God, right? So it's very powerful. I mean, I think, you know, those two bits of advice, be humble and start with love. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Deacon Boyan. It's been a blessing. Thanks so much for listening to The Faith Retriever. We'll be uh, back next week and really appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much and God bless. Join Faith Retriever each week for conversations about the faith and tips to engage family in the truth, beauty, and goodness of God's Word. Find Faith Retriever here on Sacred Heart Radio. Search sacredheartradio.org for programs and podcasts or listen on your favorite podcast platform.